Welcome to Hope Church Online with Hope Church Birmingham. I'm Adam, the lead pastor of Hope Church, and I'm so honored that you would join us today. Let me just go ahead and first say welcome to Hope Church. Uh, You know, this is always fun, whether we gather in person in a house church or even digitally in some sort of format. So we do believe that we are a church without walls, but we are excited because we have a new church facility that we'll be meeting at weekly in the Hoover area. You may be going, where at? Where at in the Hoover area, Adam? I don't remember what the address is. The address is 2798 Building 100 off of John Hawkins Parkway in Hoover, Alabama. That's also known as 150 for the Hoover people in the area. But it's really, really close by from where we were meeting at the movie theater. And I'm so excited because I believe God is really going to open doors of opportunity. And I believe unexpected things are going to take place. I believe lives are going to be changed. And I am ecstatic hear my voice for this upcoming Sunday because we're going to be there. That's right. We're going to be in our church facility April the 3rd. I invite you to be there. It's going to be a great time. We're still, of course, maybe tweaking things here and there, um, getting it ready for Easter, but it will be open April the 3rd. We hope to see you there. Now, today we're going to continue our countercultural series. Now, let's dive in. Have you ever been embarrassed before? I mean really, really embarrassed. Maybe at your workplace you said something incorrectly and you got embarrassed because you got corrected. Uh, or maybe maybe you think back where you did something wrong or you slipped and you fell <laughs> in front of a group of people and you were embarrassed. You know, I think of a time back when I was like in sixth grade and I wore a whole orange outfit, orange shorts, a white shirt with orange lettering, an orange bag orange shoes and I remember walking in this guy stood up and said hey it's the orange man and that didn't make any sense (laughs) at all but in the moment I was embarrassed and I think as a as a people we sometimes let embarrassment or the fear of being embarrassed control us we we may let it stop us from doing what we need to do we're continuing our series on on living a countercultural life and what that means for each of us and how we're not supposed to just go along with what the society says we should do or what um, others uh, implore us to do, but instead we should instead follow what we believe biblical truths guide us to do. We, we define it as living a countercultural life as a lifestyle that is aligned with God's word, plan, and purpose driven to conviction, compassion, and courage in spite of the culture's stances, beliefs, or convictions. That is living a countercultural lifestyle. And so with this, when we live this countercultural lifestyle, I believe we must be passionate with our belief and passionate with our faith in God and faith in His Son, Jesus. So today, the title of my message is Unashamed Faith. Unashamed Faith. You may be here going, well, that sounds easy. I can write that on my t-shirt. I can write that on my Bible notes. Unashamed faith. But I believe there's this tension and there's this weight where we live in fear as Christians of being embarrassed by our faith. I think we, we, we're afraid that someone's going to critique us, someone's going to question us a little more than we feel comfortable with, or someone is going to 
to ask a little deeper questions that we're afraid will hurt their feelings when we tell them what we truly believe. And I, I'm, I believe peer pressure is something we all fall victim to. You go, hey, Adam, I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I'm not a peer pressure. Whether we want to agree, say it or not, all too often we fall guilty and fall victim to peer pressure. But the truth is peer pressure paralyzes our purpose. Peer pressure paralyzes our purpose, especially in our walk and in our faith with God. And the truth is we do have a society that wants us to be ashamed of what we believe. And if I'm being honest with you, if, I, if I'm being transparent, I remember in high school, and I was an active participant in my church. I was a volunteer as a teenager. I served in kids' ministry. I volunteered in our youth ministry. I was there. I helped in the adult stuff with cameras. I was always there, and I loved my church. But there was a period of time where I didn't invite friends to church for my school because I was embarrassed. What if they see something or hear something that makes them laugh or makes them think different of me? And I was embarrassed of that. And I'm afraid that many times as Christians, we fall victim to that same mentality where, yes, we love people and, yes, we do love God, but we can become victim to caring more about what others think about us than what God intends for us. The truth is we do have a culture and a society that says believing in Jesus is wrong or believing what Jesus said and living it is wrong. Some people may say it's okay to think that, but if you say it, you're a bigot. And, and I think we walk in this tension where we have to say, is it not more important that someone, is, is someone's eternal life not more important than my today's emotions or today's feelings? In today's passage of scripture, if you are, ha- are able and you have a Bible, I'm going to be turning to Romans chapter 1. Paul is writing to the early church in Rome. And he's writing with this perspective of these people who are living there that, and giving them guidance as they were new believers and giving them direction saying, hey guys, I, I, I need you to know these. Here's some good guidelines for you as you are living in this early church. So I'm going to pick up here Romans 1 starting in uh, verse 16. And it says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. I'm going to read that very first verse in 16, the beginning. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Friends, Paul was writing this 2,000 years ago, but I believe it is speaking to us today, and I know it is hitting me hard. This is something I want us to live by. This is a thought I want us to embrace. I will not be ashamed of the gospel. I will not be ashamed of the good news. That means I live this because there's power in salvation, and I'm not ashamed because I know there's power, and there's power for the Jews, there's power for the Greeks, there's power for the Gentiles, there's power for all of us in salvation. And within that righteousness of God, I will find it when we believe and when more people believe. And and I know this because the righteous will live by faith, is what verse 17 says. And so as, as 
followers in a culture that says, be ashamed of your belief, be ashamed of the biblical truths you follow. Paul's writing, and I believe God's teaching us and telling us today, do not be ashamed of who you believe in. Right now, right where you say, I say, I am not ashamed. I am not going to be ashamed of Jesus. Why? Because there's power. I want us to look a little deeper at this passage where we see that this is really kind of Paul's thesis statement and all of his work. You know, he says, hey, why do I say all these things? Because I'm not ashamed. Because there's power here. It reveals his heart. Yeah, this is, Rome was sophisticated. These were people who thought hotty tidy of themselves, you know. They thought they knew everything. And, and there might have been Christians who were embarrassed by a societal belief that came from a lower class messiah. Jesus would have been from a poor class in this upper echelon Rome. Some people might have been embarrassed by the fact of following this belief system. But Paul says, I'm not ashamed because there's power. We as humans don't give power. We only stop hindering the power when we present it and believe it and live in it effectively. It's not just good news, which is what we know gospel means, but it's power. It's power for our life. It's power for our family. It's power for my future. It's power for me to make it through my day. It's power for my, 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 my dreams, my, my belief, my doubts. There's power. We, we know that God will not withhold salvation from the person who believes. Because, but, but understand this, believing is required. So friends, don't, hear me today. I don't want you to be ashamed, but I also want you to believe in God and know that we, we, through this faith, we can believe. Maybe you're here and you feel saying, Adam, I don't know if I'm ashamed. I would never be ashamed of Jesus. Well, I imagine Peter wasn't ashamed of Jesus either. But if you know the story of Peter, when Jesus was crucified on the cross and buried, Jesus, Peter was approached three separate times. And three separate times, he denied knowing Jesus. Did he know Jesus? Yes. Was he one of Jesus' closest followers? Yes. But in a moment when he was pressed, he denied him. Why? In a moment, he became unashamed of the good news of Jesus. And as a, as a result, he gave away the power that came from that. Now, we do know that Peter was redeemed. And we know that this was actually just fulfilling a prophecy Jesus had prophesied. But there's so much there. And I'm reminded of myself, how many times have I denied Jesus not just to culture, but in my life. Have I denied Jesus in certain areas? And I think we all have to ask ourselves that today. But don't be satisfied with that. Instead, I'd say I'm going to embrace this unashamed faith. It's counter to the culture. Yes, people may say, hey, you have to say this way. You may have to think this way. If you don't, you're a bigot. And I can say, you know what? I, I, unfortunately, I hate that you're calling me a name, but I know that I love Jesus and I love you. And because of that power, I believe that God can set you free because he set me free. And I know that this good news is going to change lives. All you have to do is believe. And we need to live in a manner that proves that we have an unashamed faith. So how do we do this? I'm going to give you three steps today. The first one is know the truth. How do we be, embrace an unashamed life? Know the truth. Hebrews 4.12 talks about this. His word is sharper than any two-edged sword. you got to know it. This is word. This word is powerful. It is very powerful. 
Like I said there, I'm going to read that whole verse for you. In Hebrews 4.12, says this. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to division of soul and end of spirit, of joints of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So what was this scripture saying? That God's word matters. And for us to know this matters. Think of it this. I'm not a big hunter. But a few years back, I did go on a pheasant shoot. And uh, before we went on the pheasant shoot, I took my dad with me. And we, we had got our shotguns ready. Well, to be honest with you, I had not shot a shotgun in about 10 years at that time. It's probably been about five years since I've last shot one. But in that moment, we had to go. When we were going to go, we're getting everything ready. I said, Dad, how do, how do I load this up? He goes, let me see. I think I know, but give me a second. <laughs> and we had to figure it out because we couldn't get to the pheasant shoot and not know what we're doing. One, we would look crazy. But two, we get out there and a bird flies by. We couldn't shoot if we didn't know how to load it with the ammunition. And I think the same thing applies to our spiritual walk. We can't just simply feel like we're going to have every scripture in our mind and know how to apply it if we don't truly know it. If I don't embrace it, if I don't review his word on a daily basis, how can I tell someone about Jesus if I don't know Jesus truly? I think some of us time, some of us have, I call it LeBron James relationships with Jesus. You're going, what? Many of us have probably heard of LeBron James or even Michael Jordan, a famous basketball player. The thing is, I know what LeBron James looks like. I know what team he plays for. I can tell you uh, some of his stats even. I even know what he probably sounds like. But the truth is, I don't know LeBron James personally. And if he walked up to me, he wouldn't know me either because I haven't spent no time with LeBron James. And why do I tell you that? Because I think sometimes we have that same faith in that relationship with Jesus. We know of Jesus. We know what team he's on. We could tell you some of the statistics and things he said, but we don't have relationship with him. And in order for us to have an unashamed face, faith, we need to have a foundation of relationship of knowing the truth, which is Jesus. The second thing we need to do is we need to live the truth. So we need to have know the truth, and then we need to live the truth. 1 John 3.16 says this, By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Why do you say that? Well, because we know Jesus, we know his love, we know the power, and because I know that, then I then too have to live that manner. I do have to live the way Jesus has called me to live and beckoned me in a manner to live. I've got to live it. I've got to figure out, now I know the word, now I need to live it. How am I applying his truth? If I read a scripture in the morning, maybe I need to write that verse down and go, okay, how am I going to do this today? How am I going to truly do this? If I read a scripture that says, First John three nineteen uh, sixteen that says by this we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay our lives for our brothers. How do I lay down my life today? What steps am I taking to do that? We need to embrace the scripture. We need to know it. We need to live it. And then the third thing we need to do is we need to proclaim it. We need to proclaim the truth. 
in Second Timothy verse 3 16 sorry wrong one right there <laughs> in Second Timothy he said this all scripture let's say that again all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So why, what does that have to do with proclaiming? I want you to be assured, friends, that everything that we're reading here, every scripture that I've referenced in this episode today, in this message, it is God-breathed. And because it is God-breathed, it has power, and it is profitable, and it is good for us to learn and to live so that we can be equipped for everything we do. And so that means if this is God-breathed, then I better do everything I can, everything I can to proclaim it in my family, in my workplace, wherever I'm at. How am I exuding His truth? How am I walking in it? Am I... Am I allowing, allowing it to season in my, my conversations? Am I allowing His light to shine through me? We have a world who wants to shut down the voice of God in not just our life, but our society and our culture's life. But I can tell you, friends, we can do something different, and that different is being counter to the culture. And we could say, I know that society may say we should live this way, but I know what the Word of God says, and I know it is breathed, it is God-breathed, I know that it matters, I know that with it I'm told I can lay down my life for others, I know these things are important for me to embrace and to know, and I know this because, and I'm going to be unashamed of the gospel because there is power in the Word, and I'm going to believe it because I know people who need it. And I'm just, friends, I'm just encouraged today that that simply we need to say, I am going to be unashamed of Jesus more. Unashamed. Some of us need to write it in our phones. I am unashamed. Some of us need to write it in our journal. I am unashamed. Some of us may need to put it on a post-it note in our car. I am unashamed because when I am unashamed of the power of the gospel, not only am I going to be okay with it when it comes up, but it means I live differently because I know that there's power in that. And if I know that there's true power in the gospel, then I'm going to let it change everything I do. I'm going to let it change the way I speak, the way I think, the way I carry myself because I know it makes a difference. In our culture, it needs that difference. I'm just was looking at the news today, scrolling through social media, and I saw some news come across my, my, my feed, and my heart was broken. And I thought, man, that this young, this young teenager, they just, I just wish someone could have shown them the love of Jesus. And I have to encourage you today, there may be somebody out there that's in your circle that's waiting for someone to show them the love of Jesus. We talked about this. We're buying 100 chairs for our facility. Why? 
Do we have 100 people in our church at this moment? No, but I believe we're going to. And there's 100 people who need the hope of Jesus, the hope that says we don't have to give up, the hope that says tomorrow can be better, the hope that says, yes, I may have been messed up, but I know that he will forgive me in spite of my mistakes. I have a hope that I might not be in the season I want to be in right now, but he can bring me into it. This is the hope of Jesus. And we exist as a hope church where we're able to find hope and to bring hope to a world in need. Friends, let's bring hope to a world in need by being unashamed of the good gospel of Jesus Christ. And let's see what happens. Can I pray for you today? God, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of Hope Church. God, I thank you for what you're doing in Hope Church. But right now, in this moment, I pray if we have been embarrassed of the gospel, if we have carried in ourselves in a manner maybe similar to Peter where we have denied our relationship with you, God, I just repent. And I pray we repent in this moment. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our trespasses. Forgive us for our mistakes. Forgive us for not having enough faith. But God, I pray that you will just wrap your arms around us, that you'll strengthen us like wings upon ankles, God, that we'll be renewed in our, your spirit, God, that we will feel the knowing that we're not alone and that we have your power with us because you are a good God. And God, I pray that we will just embrace this mindset of saying, I don't care what the culture says, I know what the word of God says and I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. And I'm going to believe that his word is God breathed, that this word can impact me and my life today. And I'm going to live differently because of it. I'm going to know his truth. I'm going to live his truth. And I'm going to proclaim it like never before. God, I thank you for what you've done today and what you continue to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Friends, let's be unashamed. Let's know the truth, live the truth and proclaim the truth. Well, friends, thank you for joining us at Hope Church Online. I really do hope you are encouraged today, and I hope you know that God is with you and that God is for you. Just a reminder, if you say, hey, I would like to give to Hope Church, you can visit us at hopechurchbhm.com slash give if you would like to give your tithe or offering there. Or if you're here and you say, you know what, Adam, I would like to give towards the chair fund. I know we're raising money towards that. You can do so by going to that same link at hopechurchbhm.com slash give, but also selecting the fund that says chair fund as we're raising money to get us in our new facility. Friends, I'm so excited what God is doing, and I look forward to seeing you at our new, our new location next Sunday. See you soon.